Hi, my name is Neela Kayers and welcome to the ULAR Pare podcast where we discuss topics of interest to the Pare community as well as to people living with rheumatic and musculoskeletal diseases. Today I'm joined by our special guests Patricia Pennings and Petra Borsche from Rheumazorg Nederland, the Pare member organization from the Netherlands. On our show today, we will be talking about their work establishing and coordinating their national patient research partners network. There's a lot of ground to cover, so let's get started. Welcome and thank you for being here today, Patricia and Petra. Uh, thank you, Nele, for the uh, invitation for this podcast. Uh, my name is Patricia Pennings and I support our network of PRPs together with uh, Petra who started as a dear colleague uh, a couple of months ago. So Petra, uh, uh, welcome to you as well. Yes, thank you. Um, hello, Nele. Also, thank you uh, for the uh, invitation. Um, I appreciate that I can also join this podcast today. Okay, so now for our listeners that might not be aware of this concept, can you please explain what a patient research partner, or for short, it's PRP, what it is exactly, Patricia? Um, so a, a patient research partner is uh, someone who has an RMD and who is trained to share the patient's perspective in research on RMDs. And the key is to be involved as a patient research partner from the beginning of a project to the end and as an equal member of a research team. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so you, you have a national PRP network, so I guess this is joining all the PRPs, right, Petra? Uh, yes, um, an, an, a national PRP uh, network is a group of trained um, patient research partners with uh, different R&Ds from all over the country, which provide uh, training and support. Uh, the PRPs um, can be involved in different projects to collaborate as partners uh, in a team. And each research uh, of each patient research partners has his own experience and knowledge and skills, and which can be shared with the network to make each patient research partner more valuable and it strengthens the national PRP network as a whole. Mm -hmm. So this, this is, sounds like a great initiative. So, but why did you first establish your national PRP network in the Netherlands? And, and how exactly did you do it, Patricia? Uh, we started our, our national PRP network in the Netherlands some seven uh, to eight years ago with a project on a patient participation in research And we did this with a local hospital. And two questions were addressed in this project. Um, how is the patient perspective involved in RMD projects right now? And what can be done to further improve the involvement of this patient's perspective? And um, the conclusion of this project was that patient participation in research or in RMD research has a great added value but that um, an infrastructure is needed to help support this added value. Mm -hmm. 
And this led to a, a first group of PRPs uh, to be trained to share uh, the patient's perspective in R&D research in the Netherlands. And a couple of years later, in 2016, I started supporting our network of uh, PRPs as a, as a coordinate, coordinator. Okay, so, but you both are coordinators, right? So, um, what do you do exactly as a coordinator of a national PRP network? Yes, so a, a coordinator is someone who supports the people who are in the PRP network, and you can divide this support into different activities. And I wrote them down for myself, so I wouldn't leave out any. So, <laughs> so first of all, uh, the, the, an important activity is that um, we recruit and educate new PRPs for our network. So this means that we uh, um, we um, find people who are interested to share their experience with an RMD in in research. Mm -hmm. uh, and once they're interested, we start with an introductory meeting. Uh, to see uh, what to get to know each other better, and after uh, the uh, this introductory meeting, um, we uh, decide if the PRP would like to uh, get further involved in the network. We then offer uh, a general training for new PRPs, and after this general training, we evaluate if PRP candidates want and can become PRPs. And um, we then look at what types of projects uh, a PRP would like to do and what specific training is, is needed uh, to be involved in these projects. So that was the first activity, uh, the recruiting and educating of new PRPs mm -hmm. for the network. But a second important activity as a coordinator is also to involve PRPs in projects with regards to RMDs. So usually we receive a proposal to collaborate in, for instance, a guideline that is being developed uh, on a, a specific RMD. Uh, that is an example of a project. And um, we, um, we are asked if we have a PRP with specific uh, experience or a specific background uh, to be part of the working group. Uh, and we then look for a PRP that best matches the criteria and a PRP who would also like and can be part of the working group. And then we uh, support the PRP when being part of a project or a working group. And we give this support uh, in accordance to what a PRP needs. So if a PRP is uh, very much trained already and has been involved in many projects, this support would be a bit less than the support we mm -hmm. we offer new PRPs. It's, it's according to what PRPs need. Um, so if you would need, for instance, uh, uh, support, we offer this especially in the beginning of a project where we um, talk to the chair of a uh, the first meeting and we set some ground rules, for instance, that the chair supports the PRP during the meetings. So, so we offer this support to the PRPs in projects. So you getting back to the second activity, you know, we involve PRPs in projects with regards to RMDs, um, but we also set out our own projects. So we write uh, our own research proposals ourselves and uh, we involve PRPs in this process and mm -hmm. we try to get our own projects funded as well. So we don't only rely on projects of other hospitals or, uh, uh, you know, other other um, 
uh, how do you say it, other institutions, other institutions yeah. right? We also, as a patient organization, want to take our own initiative yeah. and set out our own projects. Um, and a fourth activity as a, as a coordinator, uh, which is quite important, I think, is that we build on a community of PRPs. And this means that our PRPs don't just work solely uh, in projects, but we want them to, to um, feel that they are part of a community as well uh, so that they can offer support to each other. And uh, this means that we organize uh, two to three meetings a year uh, to get the PRPs together. Uh, during COVID times, of course, this was online. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we had these uh, meetings um, um, on location, And, you know, we're going to see where COVID will take us uh, further. But uh, we we do get together two to three times a, a year. And during these meetings, we work on further developing certain skills or we invite a researcher to talk more about a project we've been working on. But the main aim of these meetings is to um, to to get the PRPs together in an informal way so that they get to know each other better and that they can also turn to each other when they are uh, in projects to, mm -hmm. to share some tips and tricks. So um, these these are, are, are the four main activities, I think, that we do as coordinators of our network. Okay, that sounds like uh, a lot of work to be done. Petra, do you jump along with Patricia or do you have some other tasks to do as well? Uh, no, um, um, we just generally um, uh, have uh, uh, the same uh, jobs. <laughs> uh, generally, there's no uh, difference between uh, uh, our two roles. Uh, we both coordinate our network of patient research partners. Um, but we have divided our network of patient research partners into two groups according to the type of project in which people are involved. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, our network of patient partners and these are patient um, experts who can help to give education about RMDs or can help to assess a research proposal or are part of a research project that is carried out. Uh, we have also our network of patient uh, advocates, and these are patient experts who are involved in policy making, uh, guideline development, and medication development with, re with regards to uh, RMDs. Um, as a patient expert, you can be part of both uh, networks. Patricia and I also uh, support both networks. Uh, Patricia's main focus is with the patient partners. And my main focus is more with the patient advocates, given my background as a patient with an RMD, um, but also with the Uyupati uh, training. Oh, yeah. And for the listener who don't know what the Uyupati training is, um, that's a training for patient representatives in medicine research and development. So during this training, it provides patients with uh, accessible and reliable information. Um, on medicine research and development. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, setting up such a big network is, is quite a task, I assume. So, what have been the biggest challenges, but also rewards, of establishing your national patient research partner network, Patricia? 
Well, um, let's start with the uh, challenges. I also wrote down some some challenges, and then we'll get to the the good things. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, with regards to the challenges of a PRP network, um, I, I sometimes compare my work uh, uh, to finding the right temperature for running water. So sometimes with with the right temperature, you need to add a bit more warm water. Sometimes you need to add, add a bit more cold water to find the right temperature. Um, it's the same with a PRP network. Uh, sometimes you need to work on finding the right projects to work with. And sometimes, on the other hand, you need to find to, to do work on finding the right PRPs or new mm-hmm. PRPs to be involved in projects. So it's the it's the mixing of both finding projects and uh, uh, adding uh, uh, PRPs to, to match these projects. That can be a bit of a challenge. Um, and also what I think is, is a bit of a challenge is um, sometimes a PRP knows about the added value of uh, the patient's perspective in a project, but the researcher doesn't know this exactly. So then you have to train the researcher in how a PRP can effectively be involved. And um, this takes uh, time, but also some trial and error. And uh, um, luckily, Euler has recommendations for the inclusion of PRPs in projects. And um, I usually um, um, send out these recommendations to a researcher and we talk about these recommendations so that a researcher knows better what uh, what uh, including a PRP is all about. Mm-hmm. And this helps a lot. And also what helps a lot is the, the uh, brochure of Euler Para, uh, the, the reference cards of how you can include PRPs in a project, in projects. This helps uh, researchers a lot as well. So that with regards to the challenge of a researcher. Um, also what I find challenging is the monitoring of PRPs in projects, uh, to find time to, to, um, ask for feedback on how things are going. Um, if, if a PRP is, is doing all right in a project, if there are any prod, problems that need to be addressed. And I, I think that deserves uh, more attention sometimes in the heat of the daily activities that that gets lost a little bit. So it's something to uh, keep in mind. And um, the, the last challenge I, I wrote down for myself is um, um, how, how it, it, it's a bit challenging sometimes to keep every PRP involved in projects that exactly matches their interests. So sometimes you, uh, people have interests that matches a lot of projects and other PRPs have specific interests that don't always match all projects. So it's, it's a bit more difficult to, to find a fitting match, uh, for everyone. So, so that, that's a bit challenging as well sometimes too. Um, but, but the biggest reward is when you see uh, a PRP start in a project and, um, that uh, he or she experiences that their input has made a difference and um, that having an RMD is not uh, just a burden, but can actually be used as an advantage to make a change. And that, that I think, is the biggest reward um, also to someone who is a PRP. And it, it's so rewarding also to see how someone's confidence as a PRP grows and how a collaboration between a PRP and a researcher grows, that that both find um, satisfaction in in mm-hmm. the other's added value. So, 
I think that is the biggest reward, which makes all the challenges uh, worthwhile. Yeah, I can agree on that. Being a PRP myself, it, it can be really a challenge, the collaboration, but on the other hand, so rewarding. Exactly. Thank you. Now, let's take a short break now to share some exciting news about the EULAR campaign 2022. The theme of next year's campaign will revolve around research, more specifically around initiating, developing and strengthening patient research partner networks at national level. Now, listen very carefully. 10 bursaries of 5,000 euros will be awarded by EULAR to national PARE organizations for this purpose. If your organization is interested, please check the PARE section of the EULAR website right now to find more information about how to apply. And don't miss this great opportunity. Okay, let's get back to our conversation. As I've just mentioned, EULAR is launching bursaries to support the establishment and development of PRP networks at the national level. So what would you say to the PARI member organizations thinking about applying for these bursaries, Petra? Uh, I think uh, the awarded bursaries will offer patient organizations the possibility to build on the infrastructure that is needed to get a national PRP network really started. And by infrastructure, I mean basic documents and materials you need, such as a database to re register the PRPs, but also a database to register and to monitor the project in which the PRPs are involved. Uh, but also practical things like a vacancy text to inspire people to become PRPs. And the confidence and enthusiasm resulting from building on this structure uh, will help drive patient organization further. And it, it also gives the opportunity to really get started with the establishment and development uh, of the national uh, PRP network. Okay, so no excuses anymore to not no. do it on a national level. <laughs> okay. Do it now. <laughs> exactly. So how do you think the creation and strengthening of national PRP networks can help to improve the RMD research um, also on an international level in Europe, Patricia. Yes, well, um, international RMD research is all about the collaboration of researchers and PRPs from different countries working together. Um, and it, it helps to have a system that supports in finding a match. So a, a researcher can ask for international PRP support, addressing the international EULAR network of PRPs first. Mm -hmm. And um, if a fitting match isn't found, then a new search can easily be set out within the national networks of PRPs. Uh, and, and with this new system, researchers wouldn't be looking for a needle in a haystack anymore when searching for a PRP uh, because the needles in the so-called haystack are, are already organized and easy to get in touch with through the international network of PRPs and also through the national networks of PRPs. So it's, it's a bit more of an efficient system uh, also in international uh, research to get researchers uh, to be matched with the right PRPs. Mm -hmm. So the EULAR 
database of patient research partners and the national ones, they can really um, together be stronger even in research in Europe, as I understand. Right, right. Okay, right, okay. So now, um, Petra, what do you hope to accomplish in the future? Because um, Patricia has already mentioned it, COVID-19 has not really been beneficial for your network, I guess, in, in the past months. So are you planning any new activities for your, uh, or developments for your PRP network in the near future? And now we are working on uh, further supporting our PRPs um, with knowledge and skills. They need to be able um, to participate with confidence in projects of their and our preference. And we have developed an online introduction, thanks to COVID, <laughs> um, uh, an online uh, introduction training for PRPs. Um, and this training um, uh, gets uh, our PRPs uh, acquainted with what pa patient participation is um, and what the different types of projects are uh, they can be part of. Um, and the training is not just a knowledge and skills training. It's also a great way um, of getting to know new PRP candidates. Um, and for each PRP candidate, um, they, can, um, um, they, they can know each other. And after four training modules in a group of eight participants, you see um, that friendships are being made. And yeah. these friendships offer great support when starting your work as a PRP. Mm -hmm. And for the future, uh, we, we want, but also I want as a patient with an RMD, um, to accomplish that the involvement of PRP in every kind of project, uh, so ranging from a focus group, uh, but also uh, um, in the development of new medicine is self-evident. So patients with an R&D don't have to lobby anymore for the involvement of, uh, of, uh, of patient research partners in all kinds of projects. And that it's obvious that the patient has such a valuable knowledge to be shared and that the results of a project are more meaningful. So that's my wish for the future. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've done already quite a lot in the past few years, but I can tell that it's uh, your job is definitely not finished. No, uh, no, no. Okay. Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. So thank you all for listening. And thank you to our guests, Patricia Pennings and Petra Borsche, for sharing with us the experiences and thoughts on establishing and coordinating a national PRP network. Thank you, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nele. <laughs> Join us again for our next episode. If you don't want to miss it, please don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes or other podcast platforms so that you get notified when the episode is available. Until next time. Thank you.